one of the things that I find interesting with entrepreneurs and difficulties that I find with them is they have a really hard time delegating. Power delegation, it's force multiplier. It enables you to take care of other things, and especially when there's a lot going on. You can't worry about the nitty gritty day-to-day stuff. As a leader, you gotta be thinking strategic. You need to be thinking vision. You need to be thinking ahead. And right now it's like, okay, how do we get out of this crisis? And understanding that, you know, cash flow suddenly starts drying up, you're, you go into crisis mode because you're trying to do more about the day-to-day stay afloat. But that's only going to last so long. You need to figure out a way. You need to have that time and space to look at where you are in your business, what's going on in the world today, and have that vision of, okay, we're here right now. How do we get there so that we're sustainable in the future? And if you're the leader, if you're the entrepreneur and you're running a business and you don't have that time or space, do that vision work. Think about it. Do the analysis and look at it. But we are here. We are. We want to go there. What is that path? How does it look like? What do we need to do? What do we need to get in order to get us from A to B? are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell, from the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, to the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risked their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, and I'm live on the line today with Scott McCarthy. Scott, are you there? Yes, sir. Awesome. Glad to have you here. We were just talking before we turned the recording on. You're coming to us from Ontario, Canada. Is that right? That's right. Kingston, Ontario. It's a beautiful place here, right at the the base of Lake Ontario and the St. Lawrence River. So it's a horrible place to live. Nice, nice. (laughs) Is uh, Is it starting to cool down there yet? I know your summer is coming to an end, right? Yeah, yeah. It's starting to be a little bit noticeable now that the days have have gotten shorter. The temperature has dipped just a few degrees Celsius. The humidity is broken. So as a guy who thoroughly enjoys summer, (laughs) this is where my, you know, my my, uh, sadness starts to starts to come in. Starts to come in. The the, the sad seasonal affective disorder starts right now. Yeah, (laughs) starts early. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So uh, for those of you who've been following along with our travel journey, um, we uh, have, are still stuck in Kissimmee, Florida for our travels, but we did finally get an outdate. We're going to start moving around Florida a little bit. Some of the parks have started to open up. We're going to the Keys next for my wife and I's anniversary, which should be pretty cool. Um, and we're going to try and get back on the road a little bit for our, our travels. So that should be fun. Um, so I'm going to do a quick introduction for Scott, and then we will dive in and start talking about your story. So I have here, Scott is a leadership expert, right? So your leadership journey started when you were young, you arrived to take control of everything that needed to be planned, transferring these skills to the Canadian Army. Scott enrolled as a logistics officer in 2001 when he was selected to attend the prestigious Royal Military College in Canada. At age of 24, Scott commanded an Army transport platoon compromising about 80 soldiers. At 33, he was selected to command the logistics squadron of 200 members. However, your experience goes beyond commanding. In 2009, Scott deployed to Kandar, Afghanistan, where he was selected to help train, mentor, and coach members of the Afghan National Army. Um, Scott says here, you believe that everyone needs leadership skills. A leader, um, As a leader, you believe that delegation is a force multiplier, that teamwork is the centerpiece of all organizations, and that leaders have an obligation to leave a legacy that outlasts them. So with that introduction, Scott, what I want to have you do for us to start with is tell us a little bit about your business now. What is it that you do and offer to the world? Like what do people actually, you know, pay you for? Um, and how does that, uh, how does that, like, how does your, what does your business look like? That's a, yeah, that's a great spot to start. So um, I guess I need to preface it by stating that I'm still actually serving. So it's, it's a, a business and a side hustle at the same time. Uh, so by day, I still I still serve the Canadian nice. Army. 
Uh, but the business, so with that, the business has a couple of core components. So uh, right now I offer my podcast and that's probably my biggest platform per se, uh, the Moving Forward Leadership Podcast. And I do uh, two shows weekly. Uh, one is what I refer to as the Monday Leadership Minute, where it's just the four to five minutes of me talking about a topic that's either been requested or off the top of my head or something that's, you know, bugging me. Like the other day, I went on a bit of a rant about what leadership is not, and that is, you know, not taglines and quotes. Um, got, I got a little worked up by someone online and just needed to express myself. Uh, and then the, the big interview show where I interview world-class guests from, you know, all around the globe on different topics of leadership gets released Wednesday. So that's the podcast. Now, what people uh, pay me for, there's two different avenues right now. Uh, one right now is I do have an online course. It's referred to as the Power Goals Program. So it's a goal-setting program and enables leaders to look deep in themselves on a personal level, see what's important to them, associate uh, what goals they may have, break out what actions they need to take to achieve those goals, how to stay on track, execute, and you know, start knock, knocking those targets down. And then finally, of course, there's always coaching, presentations, those things that most most coaches, consultants do, right? So I am providing coaching. I direct one-on-one -on -one to a number of clients and as well, I'm actually doing coaching inside of a, uh, a men's uh, membership community. I had a call last night with a group of uh, seven men and we talked about uh, the various leadership aspects and stuff like that. So that's kind of how my business is, is structured and runs right now. Awesome. And do you know how much longer you have um, on your term for serving with the, the Army? Yeah, so for us, uh, we hit our first pension point at 25 years of service. So I'm looking at about five and a half years left to go. And the goal is to uh, flip moving forward leadership into from side hustle to full-time employment post uh, life in the Army. Are you going to? Uh, are you on track to hit the, those revenue numbers for in the next five years, or maybe better uh, than that? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's a good, that's a really good question. Um, the one thing I have is that I need to always maintain is you know uh, basically throttle my expectations because there's only so much that you can do as a side hustle, especially when uh, yeah, father yeah. two young time two young boys, um, and only having so much time during the day to work on the business. So I only take on a handful of clients right now. Uh, but what I'm doing, the goal is to build my credibility so that when I do go full, fully in, I do have the following. I do have the credibility. I am a known entity by starting off completely fresh, unknown to the world. And ultimately, that is my revenue yeah, yeah. right there. Yeah, and it's it's all about, at this point in your career, it's about building that audience, right? And if you do that consistently, especially over five years, you'll have you'll have a, um, a pretty significant audience to lean on when it comes to wanting to drive enough revenue and everything when it comes comes in the future. So I think it's a, a good plan, personally. <laughs> so you mentioned you had a, had a couple of boys. How old are your boys? I got four kids myself. Wow, you were, yeah. Wow. Kudos to you and your wife. Not for this guy. Uh, I got a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and uh, that's that's it for Scott. Scott's Scott's happy right nice. there. I have, I have a ten-year-old, a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and an eighteen-month-old. So oldest one's a boy. The rest are girls. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're a busy man. Yeah, busy, busy man. Definitely a busy man. You probably you may be able to hear them in the background. I'm not sure how good the uh, audio uh, production thing here is doing. It's supposed to filter all that stuff out. But anyways, they're always always making noise. So my next question for you, Scott, is about your origin story, right? We talk on this show all the time. Every good comic book hero has an origin story. It's the thing that made them the hero they are today. And we want to hear that story. Were you born a hero? Were you bit by a radioactive spider that made you want to get into teaching leadership? Uh, basically, how did you get from where you were to wanting to start this side hustle and eventually turn it into a full-time career? That's a great question. I like how you frame it. Uh, I'll, I'll skip the skip up to the part where we talked where you talked about my bio uh, my deployment. So, 2009, I deployed to Kandahar, Afghanistan, where I spent seven months embedded directly into uh, an Afghan National Army unit. And uh, that unit, our unit, the Canadian unit, actually I should say the coalition units, because uh, there were units uh, across the country in Afghanistan from all the different nations uh, conducting operations in the country. Uh, we're called the Operational Mentoring and Liaison Teams, uh, OMLAs. So um, 
two big bits to that unit, uh, Dementoring and Liaison. So we're embedded directly into the Afghan National Army units uh, to provide that mentorship to help them learn how to plan and execute military operations while you know, in the war zone. And then it was that liaison bit. So we were connecting the connector between the Afghan National Army units as well as the coalition forces. So if we're in the middle of operation and we need either artillery support or uh, hel um, fast air or helicopters or medevac or whatever, we're the ones that were providing, doing that, those calls back to the big bases to bring these assets in to uh, either help us uh, with the operations or get people out. So seven months of that, really coaching and being patient and mentoring and helping people um, was an incredible experience for sure. And then when I came back home from Canada in 2010, they uh, did you have to do that across language barriers too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a uh, I had an interpreter uh, whose code name was Abdul New York. Uh, so he was Abdul New York because everybody over in Afghanistan is called Abdul but the New York part because he spent 13 years in the Bronx. So he had that Bronxist twang to him when he spoke English and then he would spoke uh, Pashto or, or Dari. So, uh, so, you know, culture barriers, language barriers, operating in the middle of a war zone, it, it's hard enough alone without that last bit, right? So 2010, they, they, I came home to Canada and uh, they, posted me, i.e. moved me to uh, one of our training centers in um, Borden, Ontario, and I was responsible for training young new officers who were coming into the forces to be transportation officers like I was. And that's really, really where it started. It was like I started to get that bite, right? I was like, oh, I like doing this, this coaching and mentoring, and I'm really into leadership. I was reading a lot about leadership to the point where just wasn't enough out there at that time. Uh, I couldn't really find much more. So I was like, well, you know, I got to find something more. And uh, a couple failed attempts at various businesses and side hustles and stuff like that. Um, I ended up putting it to the side for a couple of years. And then fast forward, I was moved here to Kingston and uh, my wife was going through a career change. Uh, our oldest was one at the time. I was spending a lot of time alone at home. And I was doing podcasts for a tech site that uh, well, no longer exists right now. But, uh, but the thing is, is that it kind of just clicked. I'm like, oh, I want to talk about leadership, but I like this podcasting thing. So I just started doing the podcast as a hobby. But the hobby, of course, grows, right? And that's kind of how Moving Forward Leadership started. So it started just as a simple podcast yeah. with horrible equipment, uh, with nothing. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I need social media profiles to share about it. Oh, I need a website for show notes. Oh, people started reaching out and asking questions. And then I was like, oh, an online course would be cool for people. And now all of a sudden, I'm coaching men's groups like I was last night. That's pretty cool. So it sort of it grew organically out of something that you were just doing on the side. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's just uh, complete organic growth. Uh, through just uh, the joy and love of doing what I what I've been doing, talking to people about leadership, helping others develop their leadership skills. Awesome. So, just out of curiosity, um, how many episodes in are you into your show at this point? Uh, good question. I just released episode one thirty one. Uh, that's like of the big show. One hundred thirty one episodes of the big show, and there's about another forty. Uh, quote unquote bonus episodes which uh, include the monday leadership minute that's something that i've done on and off based off of what's been going on in my life as well so uh one point last year i was super busy i was doing my second master's uh full time so i didn't have as much time to focus in on the podcast but i still ensured that uh one i kept the main interviews uh going and two i was there for my online community so you, you kind of have to scale right when you're awesome. doing this side hustle thing so and and you're doing you're doing it once a week is the the main show yeah the main show is once a week as well as the monday leadership minutes are once a week all right so you're you're like two and a half three years into the podcast then uh, uh f actually i'm getting closer to four so it was really uh, one of the problems that i had at the beginning was really inconsistent and just learning how to go through that process of recording you know finding things to talk content to, to discuss 
recording, editing, publishing got really inconsistent, but I really found my groove probably around episode 40, between 40 and 50. And then extremely, like, I, I would say I solidified what moving forward leadership is around episode 80 mark. Nice. Yeah. It's sort of similar to, uh, to our journey with uh, the hero show. Um, we're about episode 130 or so right now. Um, and I remember when, when we built ours um, or when I started it, it was a, um, it was like, I recorded the first eight episodes and then you mentioned all the stuff on the backside, right? The uh, editing and post-production and getting it up and the website and, you know, social media and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, Oh man, that is a lot of work. <laughs> so I actually built the whole second business around that um, called uh, Push Button Podcast. And we offer that full service now. And I built a whole team and um, and they handle all that stuff for us um, and for several other shows now, um, which is cool. Um, but it was that's what allowed me to actually do it. Because I was like, if I have to keep doing this myself, I'm never going to get it done. And it was after we got that and we got the first 10 or 15 episodes out and published where I didn't have to do all the work on the other side. Um, it was crazy. And we started, um, started recording, you know, five, six episodes a week and getting them scheduled out. And then the COVID stuff hit and we started uh, doubling our production and putting out two, two episodes a week, just because there's more audience available to listen and got more stories we want to tell um, and whatnot. So it's a, uh, it's definitely been a, an interesting journey. That's awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> so our next question for you then is uh, about your superpowers. Right. And, you know, every iconic hero has a superpower, whether that's a fancy flying suit made by a genius intellect or the ability to call down thunder from the sky. Um, in the real world, heroes have what I call a zone of genius. Right. It's a skill or a set of skills that you either were born with or you developed over time that really energize everything else you do, all your other skills. Um, and this superpower is what sets you apart. Right. It's what allows you to help people slay their villains in their lives. Right. And come on top in their own journey. So with that framing, what do you think your superpower is? Um, I would say for that, it, it's the ability to break things down from big problems into little actual problems. A lot of people kind of get a hard time when, when something shows up to them and they go, oh my God, I have this big problem. And, that, and it, it, it comes in leadership too. It's very natural for me to go, okay, let's sit down, let's discuss this. What's the problem? Okay. What are the sub-problems of the problem? Let's break this down. So the old saying goes, how do you eat an elephant? Eat an elephant by one bite at a time. And it's kind of going back to how I, I created all this. It was literally just one bite at a time. It was a big problem. Once I started to realize what I was creating, it was a big problem. It was huge. It's like, oh, a podcast, side hustle business, and everything that goes with it. So being able to break it down, looking at all the different things that needed to get done, prioritizing those things, and then slowly adding resources, i.e. time and some money to get them done, to enable me to build up. And that's the kind of thing I help my team with when I'm working. So, okay, here's our problem. Let's break it down. What are the different factors? What are the things that are most important? Where are our priorities right now? What resources do we have? What resources do we need? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera and then start lining up the plan to tackle that thing. Absolutely, and it's a it's an interesting thing too because every project, especially if it's not something you've done before, there's always there's more pieces to the elephant than you realize, right? You know, uh, it, with podcasts and stuff, you, you probably don't always think about, you know, I need to do if you're like oh, with our show, you got to do guest research for getting people to, you know, come onto the show and booking and all that stuff and for um, you know, for for like what you're doing going out and like hey, I want to get myself on other podcasts you got to research other shows and do all the research to you know get on them and get booked onto those shows like you don't even think about that when you start you're just like hey i have a thing i want to talk about um and you know every problem is like that where you start with something and you realize oh there's more there's more to this there's more resources that are going to be required um you know more people more whatever there's always like i don't know what you call that but you never see the whole picture until you actually get into the process of doing it no, we uh, we refer to it as the, the the fog of war, right? The unknowns, the things you can't see. Uh, so it's just things yeah. that cloud cloud your vision. And great example. I remember when I got my first guest request to come on the show. I was like, "Holy cow! Someone actually wants to come on my podcast." And I did the interview, and I realized <laughs> halfway through the interview, I'm like, this person is just here to pitch their thing. They like this does not fit leadership or anything. 
and it was just like no i have to do a better job of vetting them and understanding that oh people are actually out there just for their own self-interest not because they think they're a good fit for my show Mm -hmm. yeah and you have to uh you have to learn how to have your selection criteria and like what you're going to talk about and you have to have like a an interview process you're going through with people um and it's an interesting thing right and so it comes down and especially so like in in the terms of leadership as the leader of an organization or the leader of a group of people you have to you have to sort of help your team navigate that what do you call it the fog of war right and figure out uh you know what steps they should be taking um to make things happen 100 percent. that's where keeping a cool collective mind set comes in right because especially when people get confused they start getting anxious they start getting uh, nervous start getting upset as the leader you got to be the one that basically calms everybody down and says okay let's actually look at this let's take this apart let's have a look uh no hopefully no one's lives are on the line but sometimes they are so it all depends right so as a leader you basically need to calm the team down so that people can focus because as people get anxious to get uh, upset things are going crazy you lose the ability to make rational decisions you lose the ability to actually do the proper analysis to have an understanding of what's going on what the problem set is so that's one of the core aspects of leadership that leaders are people who calm people in times of crisis yeah yeah and you have um you know for so most of our audience is entrepreneurs right so the crises that they're running into are things like stuff that we've dealt with this year like hey you know covid crisis hit and half your clients are like hey we can't uh we can't continue with you because we have to shut down all of our operations and you're like what do you do with your team and how do you handle like okay here's what's going on here's how it's moving forward um and so uh, you know i think a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs can uh, relate to having to dust off leadership skills they may not have had to use in a while this year Oh yes, um, I, I enjoy working with entrepreneurs. You know, I'm one as well. Uh, uh, one of the things that I find interesting with entrepreneurs, and uh, one of the difficulties that I find with them is uh, they have a really hard time delegating. And this is something I talk about often with my leadership podcast: is power delegation. You heard it in, in the Bible. It's it's a force multiplier. It, it enables you to take care of other things, and especially when there's a lot going on, you can't worry about the nitty gritty day-to-day stuff. As a leader, you gotta be thinking strategic, you need to be thinking vision, you need to be thinking ahead. And right now it's like, okay, how do we get out of this crisis? And understanding that, you know, if cash flow suddenly starts drying up, you're, you go into crisis mode because you're trying to worry about the day-to-day stay afloat. But that's only gonna last so long. You need to figure out a way, you need to have that time and space that look at where you are in your business and where you are right now what's going on in the world today and have that vision of okay we're here right now but how do we get there so that we're sustainable in the future and if you're the leader if you're an entrepreneur and you're running a business and you don't have that time nor space to do that vision work think about it do the analysis and look at it and go we are here we are we want to go there what is that path? How does it look like? What do we need to do? What do we need to get in order to get us from A to B? And a lot of entrepreneurs, they kind of get really sucked into oh, cash flow, finding a client right now just so it can survive. Totally understand, totally agree. But at the same time, you got to make that space think further down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know, like in my business, one of the things that I had, a, I had a mentor of mine tell me was like, hey, you need to. It was a couple of years ago now. It's like, you need to hire someone. Like, you're, that's your biggest bottleneck is you need to hire and start delegating. And thinking to myself, like, I can't, I can't afford someone. I don't know how I'm going to hire someone. Um, and it was an interesting, like, mental thing in, uh, because he was like, trust me, just do it, hire someone. And I was thinking to myself, can't do it, can't afford it, going to do it anyways, because my mentor told me I had to, and I was just going to suck it up and do it. And I hired someone. And then immediately realized that when you hire someone, it's not just an outflow of money, it's an inflow of what you called force multiplication, right? Because now instead of 40 hours a week going into the business or however much I was time I was spending, now I had another person and all of their time also coming in to help with work product and help with, you know, all the things that I could delegate and get off of my plate and work on other things that we actually made more money 
the first month I had someone working for me than I did the month before. And so which more than covered their salary, right? And that like, it's like things that you don't see um, until you've actually like taken that action and gotten gotten some of that stuff delegated and moved off of your own plate. And, you know, it's been a, it's a, it's been a big win for our business um, to start bringing people in. No, it, it's just, that's just one example, right? And that gives now enables you to have that space. That's the reason why you're able to bring more money in, not just because you had another set of hands helping you, but it enabled you to have the space now to realize, okay, how do we scale? How do we grow? What's next? How do we go about planning? What future products do we want to launch? What future services do we want to provide? And delegation is the way that enables business owners, entrepreneurs to do that. And I understand why a lot of entrepreneurs have a hard time delegating. You know, you build the business from the ground up. I built moving for leadership from the ground up. It's my baby. It, like your business is your baby. You know, we, we developed this. We have the vision of it. We've been intimately involved with it from day one. And it's really nerve wracking to bring someone else in and share that with them that has that haven't been there along this journey like oh they're gonna ruin it or they don't know what they're doing or blah 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 all these excuses limiting beliefs if you throw them away bring someone in say hey this is the vision this is what i am doing right now this is what i would like you to do this is how i see you fitting in these are your roles these are your responsibilities what do you think and they'd be like yeah great and you know what one of the things is they may be better at those aspects of that of the business than you were. I'm a horrible marketer, yeah. but I tell you, one of the first people that I'll hire is going to be someone who's marketing because I, I can bring them in, give them the vision of it, and go, hey, this is what, you know, this is moving forward leadership. This is how I envision it all. I need you to turn that vision into something that others see, understand, and can relate with. How does that sound? And they'll be like, yep, got yeah. it. I'm like, good, run. I don't, just run. <laughs> Let me worry about Just other do what things. you need to do. Con yeah, so. the content creation, future services, future products, all those things. So just off the top of my head, one of the things that uh, strikes me is when it comes to leadership, at least, knowing what the leader of the company should be responsible and what they should be delegating is an important thing. So this is, in my head, the ones that I always think about are like, hey, these are things I should be spending my time on and things I tell my clients they should be spending their time on. And I'm just curious, I wanna get your thoughts on this. So a um, couple of things. One of them is the vision, right? Like where you're going, what you're doing. Other one is the systems and processes, like actually building those out and making sure that you have good systems and how they work and where you can increase efficiencies on there. Um, and then the, uh, other big one is culture, right? Like actually building and establishing the culture in the company and making sure that it uh, it sticks and grows and stays around even if you're not there actively holding the culture together. Um, and those are like the three big ones that I see. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on there, if you have anything to add or if you think any of those are crazy. I, I love them all actually, because uh, like I said, the, the, the leader uh, has the vision. Third one is, you know, sets the company organization up to get towards the vision. I think we've talked about that enough. Systems and, and processes in place in small companies, absolutely. Uh, as the company grows and gets larger, though, I think that's a time, a place where the leader can actually let go a little bit and allow people to bring things forward, allow people to establish systems and processes in place, but not, not necessarily uh, involving you uh, as the business owner uh, too much. Because at the end of the day, when you have a larger team, you have people that are in charge of sales. You have people that are in charge of marketing. You have people in charge of this. Ultimately, you don't care. I, so when I was a company commander and I was in charge of 200 members, it was divided up into three main groups. It was a transportation troop, a maintenance troop, and a supply troop. And each one of those had their own leaders. And those are further divided. It's just how military organization works. I would tell my troop commanders, like, listen, if it's a problem that lies within your troop i don't care so if it's a problem that resides just within transport troop don't care it's not my problem it's yours as as the transport troop commander to deal solve with if you have issues due to resources or authorities then you come and let me know now if it's a problem that spans two or more of the troops i.e uh, there's a you know a piece of equipment that's broken. Maintenance has other priorities. They can't get in time, but transport need that piece of equipment fixed. 
so they can go out and do their tasks. Now it suddenly becomes my problem because I'm the one that is, I'm in charge of the prioritization of the squadron as a whole, right? And now this is the type of mentality you can take back to a business. Like, I don't care about the systems and processes necessarily deep in the organization. What I'm caring about is the results. So it was like, hey, marketing, if you have a marketing problem, go ahead, find a, find a solution, fix it, move on. Not my problem. This is what I expect from you at the end of the year. These types of metrics, these things that you're going to hit. Let me know if you need further guidance, further resources, whatever. Sales, here are your sales things. You know, this, this is what I expect from you. What? Same thing. Go ahead. Now, if we have a problem where marketing and sales are just not lining up, that's where, as a business owner, you need to get involved. So that's where I think you could let go a little bit as the company grows. The final thing you talked about culture is something huge, something that I talk about a lot on the podcast with guests from across the world. And it's something that you need to hold near and dear to your heart because the culture will make or break an organization, company. I talked to a business owner once uh, during the 2008 financial crisis he was a print publisher. And he talked to me about how he said, he told his people, not one of his people will get laid off. He didn't care. He ran himself into debt for that year. Yeah, they went in, they were in the red for that entire year, as you would expect. But people were out, they were cleaning up the building, they were tidying up things, they were showing up, they were just you know, hanging out as a company, even though there was no work to be done. As things started coming back online, they started, they actually went above previous projections. And that is establishing that culture of we're here, we're in it together, we're, we're basically a family. Now, look at the other end of the spectrum. Look at a company like Uber that had a cultural, like massive coach, culture problem where they're talking about sex, you know, sex, sexual issues, sexual assault issues, all these other things. The CEO ended up getting ousted. They got problems with their drivers. They have all these issues, and that's resulting from culture. What is the culture that you're setting up? And that is, culture is going to be the thing that either re- uh, attracts or retains the people. If people are attracted to the culture, if you show a culture that is attractive to people, you're going to start getting the best people coming towards you because they're interested in working there because it, it jives with them. You bring them in and they see that the culture is something completely different. It's going to be one of the reasons why they're going to leave pretty quick and they're going to find something else. So all that say is as a leader, you have to be on top of culture. You have to establish a culture that's inclusive, that enables people to do their jobs, that motivates them, inspires them, that makes them feel safe and ultimately allows them to grow. Awesome. I, I completely agree. And on the, uh, the, the systems thing, one of the things that um, I was thinking, um, and maybe this is just, you know, I'm still pretty young in my career. I've only been doing this whole entrepreneur thing for, you know, 10 years plus or something right now. I feel like I got a long way to go before I get good at this stuff um, is, is that you have to, you have to like build your systems as you go. And then as you get bigger and you start handing them off, um, you, it, it's not necessarily that you're in the systems, but you should just be aware of them. Um, that's sort of what I was, uh, where I was, where I was thinking on that, on that whole systems line is like just being aware of like, hey, here's what's going on in all the areas of your company. Absolutely. Um, when I talk about delegation, and essentially what you're doing, you're delegating in that circumstance. And what I talk about when I talk about delegation is one core aspect of delegation is those back briefs or progress update briefs or whatever you, you know, those meetings. And that's essentially a part you are inserting yourself as the leader into the system. Like, okay, you know recruitment you know hiring how is our hiring you know we have 20 positions available how is our doing okay we got 18 files that looks like we're going to have candidates to fill those positions all right great comes back you know we only have two out of 20 positions only two people accepted. okay well why not why are people is it our recruiting process is too slow is it our culture that people aren't attracted to are we not offering the right benefit packages etc cetera, etc cetera. so these progress back briefs or these back update briefs, however you want to call them, that's where you insert yourself into the system so that you can be aware of what's going on and then make 
adjustments as required. If things are not going right there, you tweak, you find out the problems for it, you make the adjustments, and again, allow this, the people who are empowered to deal with it, run with it. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, so you're, you're, when you, when you get larger, where you're not actually in charge of the, you know, minutia of the system, it's more like, hey, I just need to know how's the system working and, you know, what are, what are the metrics and stuff that are hitting so that it can inform the direction of the company, right? The, the overall like steering exactly. of the ship, so to speak. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. When you're in charge of people, if, if you just take the approach that my job here is enable you to do yours better, that's going to basically help you run the business much more smoothly. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, so then the flip side of your superpower is your fatal flaw, right? So every Superman has his kryptonite. You know, every Wonder Woman can't remove her bracelets of victory without going mad. Um, you probably have a flaw that's held you back in your business, right? Something that you struggled with. Maybe for me, you know, it was a couple of things. Things like perfectionism that kept me from actually shipping product, right? Or lack of self-care, which means I let my clients walk all over me in the past. Um, or maybe something like being a visionary, right? But not being really good at the actual minutia of getting things done, right? Um, and so have lacking the discipline to implement, so to speak. Uh, but I think more important than the flaw that you're gonna talk about is how have you worked to rectify it, right? So that people who are listening to this podcast might learn a little bit from your experience. Yeah, my, my fatal flaw is the opposite of what we're doing right now. And that is the, you know, writing. It's been a problem for mine for quite some time. And, you know, it's a flaw, you know, a weakness of mine. I shouldn't say a problem. It's a weakness of mine. I'm, I'm not the world's greatest writer. Uh, and people go, okay, so what? Well, that actually is a bit of a problem because one, I, my website doesn't have a blog right now. There is no blog up, which, yeah, I'm losing traffic because of that. I know I'm losing traffic of it because of it. Uh, writing up contracts takes uber amounts of time for me when i have clients because again uh, i'm just not the world's greatest writer so i have to be really deliberate really thorough with it get people to proofread it etc use some programs to help me out in the past such as grammarly and stuff like that um, so working through it now all that say is it's great um i have built on that weakness and believe it or not before we started uh recording on the show i was i'm working on my first blog post for the website I, I have now processes in place that help me with my contracts and all those things. So it's, it's a work in progress. It's, you always go after your weaknesses. I prefer to double down on my strengths. So podcasting, hence why the podcast has been around for so long. Um, and hence why the blog has not been around. But now I got the podcasting thing down where it's, it's almost autopilot. I can almost generate a podcast episode inside of four hours now. Total from reviewing guests to production hitting hitting schedule on on my host. <clears throat> However, now I'm like okay to generate now new re new traffic to hopefully bring in new revenue. Now I'm about to get outside my comfort zone, start writing those blog posts and putting them out there for those people who want that content. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that uh, just on the whole writing thing, um, writing has always been a strength of mine. Um, but because um, of the work that we do um, in our company, uh, work with a lot of a lot of uh, expert brands who have to create content a lot. Um, and one of the things that's been really effective for them, and since you already are really good at doing the audio stuff, is have um, I have a lot of my clients record record their blog posts, right? By as as like a podcast episode, right? It's like the topic that they talk about, and then you just get it transcribed and hand it off to an editor. Um, and then uh, you know you can get editors on on Fiverr or stuff like that, where it's like, hey, here's a Here's the sort of structure we're going for for podcasts or for uh, blog posts. And here's an, a transcription of a podcast. Can you turn this into an article? Um, and that works really well. And it lets you, uh, to your point, leverage your strengths instead of uh, um, working on the uh, weaknesses and stuff like that, which is, uh, it, it has been super, super useful. So I'm not sure if that's helpful or not, but that's uh, one of the strategies we've used in the past for, for getting stuff no, written. It's definitely in the back of my mind, for sure, as uh, stuff like that. Uh, so I'm really deliberate about my cash flow, and when I when I have client when I bring clients on, what do I intend to do with with that cash? Uh, so right now, actually, I'm, I'm you know hired my own social media coach to back the whole marketing thing. So I'm actually spending my current nice. client cash to that or from who are being coached and getting in turn getting coaching myself. Uh, before I, I upgraded all, all this gear that you see, this is all new new equipment that's uh, probably about uh, less than 20 hours worth of use on it now. 
Uh, so I upgraded that. So I'm really deliberate what I do with my cash flow, and that is going to be one of those things that okay, uh, amongst other things, okay, what can I delegate out? When can I delegate out to the production of my show? When can I delegate out things like that? And it's definitely on my list to for me to determine okay when it's time, which one do I pick? Where do I think is the greatest return on my investment and stuff like this? So. Uh, doing the blog post myself is kind of that trial to see, okay, I do the podcast episodes myself. I see my stats and everything there. Once I start doing my blog post myself, let's see what kind of traffic that generates. Okay, which one, if I go more professional with the work or vice versa, which one can I get the best return on for my time and money? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good way to, to think through the decisions too. Is like, let's actually just do them and see what the results look like and which one, uh, which one do you want to you know pour gasoline on the fire, so to speak. I want to talk a little bit about your common enemy, right? So every superhero has an arch nemesis, right? It's a thing that they constantly have to fight against in their world, right? In the world of business, it takes on a lot of forms. But generally speaking, we put this in the context of your clients, right? The people that you're coaching or you're working with on a regular basis. Um, and it's a mindset or it's a flaw that you constantly have to fight against, right? Fight to overcome so that they can get better, cheaper, faster, higher degree of results, whatever it is that you're promising them. Um, you know, if you had your magic wand and every time, you know, a new client came, you could bop them on the head and remove that mindset or that flaw um what is what is the common enemy that you constantly have to deal with bosses <laughs> just bosses bosses. And bosses so when, when i say bosses i want you to think about the boss the 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 horrible horrible boss and essentially the tagline of moving forward leadership is lead don't boss so when I, what i'm trying to do is instill in my clients the understanding that when when we think when how we think when we're in a supervisor role is that we don't want to be necessarily the boss the horrible boss everybody thinks about instead you want to be that leader you want to be that person that motivates you want to be that person that inspires that empowers your subordinates to take action to do the best job that they have you're not wanting to be that person who just gives direction constantly that doesn't listen that doesn't care what everybody has to say, doesn't care about their people, just cares about results, just cares about the bottom line. So what I'm fighting against is that whole uh, boss mentality, the horrible uh, lack of mentorship in, in various uh, organizations, ranks, and help people to see that when they are not bosses, but leaders, and they develop, inspire, motivate, empower, develop you know their teams not only does the organization or they do better the organization does better the output goes up so moving forward leadership i'll talk about three domains of leadership and that's leading yourself leading your team and leading your organization leading yourself is all about how you hit peak performance how you as a leader are able to deal with stress how you as a leader uh, plan and prioritize your day how you do your your productivity Leading your team is all about how you uh, inspire, motivate, empower Jane, Bob, Sally, Susie, the individuals within your organization. And the goal there is to do team building to achieve high-performing teams. And ultimately, that goes to leading your organization so that you either increase effectiveness, increase efficiency, drive organizational output up. And that does not occur if all you care about is yourself. When you start caring about the others, start caring about yourself and taking care of yourself, and then you start taking care of your team and looking out for them, they're going to be the ones that will drive the organizational output through the roof. Bosses do not do that. Leaders are the ones that do that. So that's who my nemesis is. Awesome. I like that uh, that juxtaposition too, right? Because every, everyone knows they've all experienced the boss, or maybe they've been the boss. And it's that that person who's like, you know, I'm I'm bigger and smarter and faster and stronger than you, so you do what I say, right? What is it that the old Matilda movie, right? So, right. Um, and and that that's it's an uninspiring place to work, uh, right? And I remember the last corporate job that I had, um, I they they did a uh, I, I was. I was on the the C level team for marketing, and while I was doing that, I I was reporting directly to the uh, president of the company, which was super cool. And he was a leader, right? And he was a fantastic leader at that. Um, and then during the course of my tenure there, they uh, 
acquired another company, and um, because they acquired another company, the uh, the head of that company ended up being um, put over the marketing, and I started reporting to him instead of to the previous uh, president, um, and he was a boss, and I was out of the company within three months. <laughs> right. Um, right. Like it was, it was just no longer a place I wanted to be. Um, and it, it was interesting because because of because of that, the organizational output actually dropped, and they ended up having to uh, to part ways and get rid of him because that boss mentality uh, um, was very detrimental to their company, especially at such a and, high level. Uh, there's so many um, you know, little offshoots there. Uh, one is that people don't leave uh, companies; they leave horrible bosses. That's a saying you hear all the yeah. time. And the other, the other thing is, is that if, you know, let's say you're that president, that, that leader president wasn't a leader, but was a boss and you stuck it out, what's going to happen to you? You're going to turn into one of them because you think this is how it goes. This is how you get there. This is how you get up there yeah. is by being this way, by being a bully, by being disrespectful by not caring about your people by only caring about the bottom line etc 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 all these things that we talk against but the reality is someone somehow somewhere someone needs to break that cycle and if we don't break the cycle it's just going to be more and more bosses being created out there because they don't know any better and that's the problem yeah so that's why i'm here <laughs> I love it, which I think drives really well into the next question, which is your driving force, right? So if your common enemy is the thing you fight against, your driving force is the thing that you fight for, right? So just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information, I want to know what it is that you fight for in your leadership company. It's, it's fighting for the, for the people in my clients' companies, essentially, right? Because they're the ones that are going to reap the biggest benefits. Uh, they're the ones that are now going to get have that cycle. You know, I don't want to say it in vain or, or loosey, but you know, it's kind of like a juice cycle, as they say, right? Uh, get in there, wedge yourself in there, and break it so that as more and more people develop and move up through the ranks of of various organizations and companies, that they don't in turn become like those quote unquote bosses that they've had in the past. That they see that there is another way that there is a better way that doesn't re result in people essentially getting destroyed, right? Ripped apart because the boss didn't like something. Vice being empowered, inspired, motivated, and all these other things. Yeah, that yeah, makes a lot of sense. And it's, a, um, it's one of those uh, ripple effect style things, right? Where you work with, you, you do work with one person, it ends up impacting a lot of others. Um, going forward, Absolutely. which is uh, it's always cool. I'm working so. with a client right now, and the impact goes to almost four thousand. Yeah, that's really cool when you have stuff like that, right? When you have, you you can it's very leveraged way to have uh, have impact on the world. So, anyways, I I like that a lot. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about uh, some practical things, right? And we call this the hero's tool belt, right? Uh, so just like every superhero has their tool belt with awesome gadgets like batarangs or web slingers or laser eyes. I'm going to talk about one or two tools that you use every day that you couldn't live without in your business, right? It could be anything from your notepad to your calendar to your marketing tools to your product delivery to something that you, you know, a mnemonic you use with all your clients, right? That you you help them with something, uh, something you think is essential to getting your job done on a daily basis. What are you know top one or two tools that come to mind? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, obviously, I talk about you know G Suite and my scheduling. I think. Probably one of the biggest tools I have is is just simple messenger. Good old Facebook Messenger, and I use that to communicate with a lot of my clients. Whether and sometimes it's not it's email, but still I talk to um, current clients through Facebook Messenger, and it's a matter of just saying, "Hey, how are things going? Hey, what's going on? Are you achieving what you're looking to achieve?" Or or they message me like, "Oh, I got this problem. I'm not sure how to deal with it." Etc. And I'm like, okay, well, let's. When when do you need this by? Can this wait till the next coaching call? And they'll be like, yeah. I'm like, All right, let's put it on the agenda for the next call. And it's just the simple communication tool, right? Being able to be in touch with someone all the time, being able to help them through the problems that they have. And in the end, that one app I could basically do my entire business wouldn't be wouldn't be that pretty, but it would work. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah. Good old Facebook Messenger. It's 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 interesting to me how how big of an impact um, what do they call it asynchronous communication, right? I think it's the the fancy term for it where you don't have to both be live on the line at the same time. Like, you know, ra you know, radio would be like the opposite of that when, you know, in the military, you, you know, right. if you push a little button to talk to someone, the other person has to be there and listening in order for the communication to happen. Otherwise you just spoke to the ether. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, so like the things like SMS and messenger and, you know, iMessages and all that kind of stuff, I think have um, they've had a huge impact culturally all around the world, but, you know, just in business particular, the you know i was like just since i've been sitting here i've noticed several notifications coming through of like my clients dropping things to me that like it's still there like the communication it doesn't I, like i don't have to be actively there and you can talk back and forth and um you know i i run most of my business the same way right most of my clients we chat on on facebook messenger or on iMessages and uh it's it's interesting how how that has changed so dramatically over the last what is it'll make me 10 years or so um where yeah. where communication used to be phone calls and now it's all you know asynchronous communication and zoom calls <laughs> no you're you're totally right and like um i guess as uh as it started getting more digital you know we start with bbm and now moved into god pick a platform from facebook to iMessage to whatsapp and everything else that's out there the, the ability to do so much more is now there it's not just yeah, simple text yeah. message anymore but just the simple being able to, for me to be here in Canada, have my clients in the U.S., some abroad, and not having those worries of increased costs of doing business and having to pass them on to my clients and stuff like this enables us just to communicate in such an effective manner that we're able to you know, prioritize what we're going to discuss in our coaching calls. Sometimes I provide coaching even through just messages like that or help them work through their problems just through good old Facebook Messenger. So that's a huge tool in the toolbox yeah. that maybe sometimes gets a little bit uh, discredit. And, but again, it all depends on what kind of business that people, you know, your audience that's listening right now wants as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's interesting to me too is I'm starting to see even bigger companies um, take up the messaging as support platforms and stuff like that. I was, uh, um, I use a yeah. T-Mobile for my cell phone, and they uh, they they released a like a business chat on iMessage, and you can like we tap the little thing, you talk to someone, and it, like it pulls up your account information and everything all in the message thing. And I got a whole thing like situated and fixed, all in the chat thing. Never even had to call anyone. It was uh, super quick, and the the representative on the other side was super easy to do those things. And I think that's only going to get better and better with time. Uh, my website is a WordPress website, and I got a plugin put in there so that as soon as someone pops on the website, they get a little Facebook Messenger bubble and says, hey, if you want to shoot me a message, feel free to do it right here, right now. Yeah, and then it just shows up on your phone so you can talk with people live, which is fascinating. Exactly. Um, and, yeah. you know, one of the things that uh, we actually do, um, we do a lot of uh, online sales for our clients, and we found that uh, if you put those chat bubble things on checkout pages, you actually increase conversion rates. So chat systems like Facebook or iMessage and whatnot actually help you make more sales too. Um, so it's a, it's interesting just because they know the person who's looking to shop that, hey, there's a real person here and if I have a problem, I can get it taken care of like right here, right now. It's a it's powerful stuff. Awesome. Speaking of heroic tools, I want to take a few minutes to tell you about a tool we built that powers the Hero Show and is now this show's primary sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand 
almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro-celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. You're listening to The Hero Show, unlocking the power of influence and success. Next question for you then is about your own personal heroes, right? Every hero has their mentors, right? Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi-Wan, Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad, Spider-Man had his Uncle Ben, right? Who were some of your heroes? Were they real-life mentors, uh, speakers, authors, peers who are maybe a couple of years ahead of you? Um, And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far in your business journey? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Uh, you know, I could talk about how uh, Batman's my favorite superhero, uh, even though he's not a superhero. But ultimately, you know, it's my dad, right? My dad, growing up, he was super hardworking. Uh, there were times when we didn't have a whole lot, but he still he kept uh, went back to school a lack of times to improve his education. And, and it's funny because I remember being young and kind of making fun of him, like because I'm in grade school and dad's back at school. Um, but ultimately, what did he do? He ended up. Uh, instilling in me basically a mentality that uh, don't be afraid to make mistakes don't be afraid to try something and fail at it as long as you learn something from it and to continuously improve ourselves and that's actually the moving forward part of moving forward leadership it hints at that continuous improvement continuous education continuous development uh, along the lines of the japanese word kaizen uh, which basically literally means uh, con- continuous improvement. And that's what he instilled in me from a young age. And I attribute all that to growing up with him and uh, essentially just uh, being around him and him you know, doing so much to take care of us, the, me, my brother, my sister, and as well my mom and the family and doing what he needed to do to get things done when times weren't necessarily the best. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's who I would say was my superhero. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. My dad was the same way. And I remember like listening to his stories growing up, like his his dad died when he was eight, right? And he ended up uh, doing a lot of, you know, taking care of the family and his his life and had a job at like 14 and, um, you know, uh, you know, helped put his older brothers through college and those kind of things. And it, it's amazing because like I look back on my childhood and realize that like he put so much work into getting to where he was that we had the lives that we did growing up. Right, because um, you know he didn't start with a silver spoon in his mouth in any way. Right, he had like less than nothing, um, and to uh, you know build up to a nice life and a nice career, and you know allowed me to stand on the shoulder of a giant, so to speak, and really kickstart my life and my career in a place that I never would have done if it wasn't for the work that he put in, uh, which is uh, which is really cool. So I'm going to talk. Um, last couple of questions here is uh, your guiding principles, right? So one of the things that makes heroes heroic is that they live by a code, right? So for instance, your favorite superhero, Batman, never kills his enemies. He only ever brings them to Arkham Asylum. So as we wrap up this interview, let's talk about top one or two principles that you regularly use in your life. Maybe something that you wish you knew when you first started out on this whole leadership journey. Yeah, so I kind of hinted at them uh, throughout this podcast. Uh, one just now, uh, continuous improvement, right? Not being afraid to fail. That's one of the things that uh, kind of guides me. Uh, I'm willing to try anything as long as I learn from it and admit my mistakes as long as, long as I uh, along the way. Uh, <laughs> that served me kind of kind of well, and not so well at the beginning of my Army career. Uh, uh, ended up having to do what we refer to as a lot of extra duties, uh, i.e. Uh, that's usually not a good thing. Uh, but the one thing that earned me a, a good, solid reputation was that uh, I, I owned the mistakes that I made, and I took it on the chin. I didn't fight back. It's like, no, uh, okay, roger that. I did that weeks worth of extra duties, no problem. You know, And essentially that means just being on call, which ultimately is not a big deal. So it's that one. Uh, continuous improvement and learning. I still read every day. Uh, cracked out of the chapter of a book I'm currently reading right now. Uh, continuously improving. I remember when I was first in university and said, I can't wait to get out of the university. Uh, once I get this degree, I'm done and I'm out of here. If I could go back and strangle the crap like Homer Simpson on Bart, uh, on 20 year old Scott, I would love to do so. And then the, the final, the final thing uh, is uh, essentially um, 
serving others, right? And that's, that's the whole um, goal when it comes to being a great leader is empowering those others, serving them, because ultimately they do the job on your behalf. So if you got salespeople, they're the ones out there to doing the cold calls. They're the ones out there discussing with clients. They're the ones out there working it for you uh, on your behalf to get those sales. So empowering them, taking care of them the best of your ability so that they do the best job that they can do. Yeah, yeah. I love those. I like the uh, um, the con- continuous improvement. is a, It's such an interesting thing, right? Uh, because you, one of my favorite met, um, metaphors for that is uh, the ripening fruit, right? Once a fruit has ripened all the way, then it starts to rot and fall off the tree, right? So if you're not if you're not growing, right? If you're not getting better, then the only other option is to be rotting and falling apart. Um, so so exactly. the continuous improvement is like a requirement for <laughs> continuing to grow and, and and survive and thrive, especially in your in your business and that kind of stuff. Um, and I think it's probably even more important if you're the one leading the organization. Uh, doesn't really matter how big it is. Um, if you're not continually improving, you can't uh, help your organization grow. Can't do those things. I say that the day you stop learning is the day you become used the day you stop being useful to your organization. And that, that applies for everybody. And you know, even as a yeah. as a business owner, the day you stop learning, because things change every day. And things change constantly. Look back yeah. so, you know, ten years, how much has changed along our journeys as business owners in just that short amount of period of time. And we haven't learned how to do yeah. new things, how to do new ways of getting clients and serving our clients, you know, we would be on the street right now. Yeah. I feel like uh same thing holds true for your family too, right? You know, if you're not continually improving and growing as a, you know, in, in our case, fathers and husbands, <laughs> um, it's mm-hmm. the, the same thing. You stop being uh, useful to your family. Right. And it's like, as my kids grow up, you realize like I'm, I'm constantly learning new ways of like talking and dealing with and teaching and educating my kids, especially as like my older son starting to get older and more, He's getting more intellectual, if that makes sense, right? He's starting to have a higher understanding yep. of the world, and it's like it's that that's having a big impact on me and like the things that I'm realizing I have to get better at in helping him like learn and navigate this world, right? So it's uh it applies to everything, not just your work or your career, or your business, but also your family, is a continuous improvement. Absolutely, doesn't matter. Like you, you as a father, you're still you're automatically a leader. As a husband, you're a leader. It's just how you how you frame it and view it overlay that you have yeah. for it so totally agree with you yeah awesome so that's basically a wrap on our interview scott but i do finish every interview with a simple challenge i call it the heroes challenge heroes challenge is basically a selfish little thing i do at the end of all of my podcasts um, that helps me get access to stories i might not otherwise get access to on my own so the question is simple do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story who are they First names are fine, and why should they come on our show and share their story? Wow, that's a that's a neat one. Yeah, the first person that comes on my mind is my buddy Chris. Uh, he's a fellow podcaster as well, but he's uh, into the agile space, and uh, he runs a really awesome podcast. Uh, short to the point, however, he's inspiring people to be more agile in their work area. But he doesn't focus on how agile is to be, uh, sorry, what agile is, but how to run it. He really focuses on that leadership aspect in within the agile community. Uh, super great show. I'll, I'll throw it. I'll give him a shameless plug. It's called Badass Agile. So if you if you're in that space, especially in the tech space, or you're looking at running an agile type uh, business, definitely look at Chris. I can't uh, give him enough uh, kudos because uh, he's a great guy. We've actually met last year, got together, had a, had dinner and had a beer, and uh, super nice guy. So Chris is the man. Cool. Yeah, well, we'll reach out afterwards and see if uh, we can get an introduction to Chris, get him on the show and share his story. Um, so for our send-off, right, in comic books, there's always the crowd who um, is there to thank the hero for their acts of heroism and claps, right? So as we uh, as we close, I want to find out where can people find you if they want your help in the future? Where can they light up the bat signal, so to speak, and say, hey, you know what, Scott, I'd really like your help to become a better leader in my organization, um, and I think more importantly than where they can find you is who are the right types of people to reach out, raise their hands and say, hey, you know what, I would like to, uh, I'd like to talk to you. Yeah, no, great. So the right type of people, um, I could say anybody really. However, just be even more specific. Uh, business owners, when you're, when you're starting to even think about hiring your first employees and you have no leadership experience, you really want to reach out to them, right? You want, you want to start following because the last thing you want is to 
bring someone into your company, your organization, and realize that you don't have the skills for it. Uh, those that are necessarily, you know, maybe you're in a big corporate gig and you realize you're not getting the mentorship that you need and you're looking at a promotion that is going to take you into leading people, come follow me, please. Like, really. And those who are realizing now that they're the ones that are like, oh my God, I've been led astray this whole time. Yeah, you too, come along. As I always say, it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody needs leadership skills in their life. It's just a matter of how we look at it and how you take the lessons that come out of my show, out of what I talk about, and apply to your life. But those three groups, for sure. So with that, you can follow me at movingforwardleadership.com. That's my headquarters. All my show notes are hosted there. Uh, You can follow all the social links. They're at the bottom. Uh, You can subscribe to the show by going to movingforwardleadership.com forward slash subscribe and check out my 131, 170-odd uh, total episodes out there uh, on the internet now. Awesome. Thank you so much, Scott, for uh, coming on. And if you haven't listened to this and you want help with your leadership skills, definitely reach out uh, to Scott and maybe pick up and uh, subscribe to his podcast as well. I know that's a huge thing that all of us podcasters are always looking for is uh, is to find more people to get our message out to. So make, uh, make sure you hit up Scott and uh, subscribe to that show. Um, and again, Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. It's been a fascinating conversation to have with you today. Um, and last thing before I hit this, uh, this stop record button, do you have any final words of wisdom for our audience? Uh, I'll just say, you know, lead, don't boss. Whatever, whatever you I do, love it. just think, lead, don't boss. Lead, don't boss. Love it. Thank you very much, Scott, for coming on today. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you.